Welcome to The Way Station, an interview podcast featuring trailblazers who set their own career paths. My name is Noah Reed, and today my guest is Colin Donnell. Colin is a talented iOS developer with an eye for design. He's worked on some great apps, including Culture Codes Things and Air Sharing and Air Display for Avatron. He's made his own apps, including The Great Pinbook, and has recently announced the formation of Braid Labs, a new venture whose first project will be tackling email. We talk about design, development, and making it in the relatively new field of iOS apps. Let's get going. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, so uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell me, what do you do, Colin? I'm a uh, iOS developer and designer. I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, so I make things for iPhones and iPads. And uh, I don't know. That's mostly it. All right. And um and so what what are some of the the things you've worked on that people might be able to recognize? Um in so let me think. So uh my most recent app that I put a lot of time into was a app for pinboard called Pinbook that some people like. Um I also worked on an app called Air Display and Air Sharing at my old company and a and in 2008 I worked on an app called Things. Oh, okay, so you were you were with the Cultured Code then, or, only no, for, just for a couple months. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, well, uh, l- let's start off by going back a little ways. Um, so when when did you first get into computers? Um, my dad's an accountant, so that's pretty like you know mathy and computery. So I think that I probably. I think that we always probably had a computer around. I can't ever remember not having a computer around. Um, so since I was a little kid, I think I started like getting interested in coding and stuff when I was like I don't know eleven or twelve around there. Okay, it was was uh, is that kind of when you when you discovered coding and and computers and stuff? Did that kind of take over for you? Was it a big thing that you continued doing, or did you have a lot of other interests growing up? Um, I did that, I did that quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I I don't think I really got it very well at that point. I mean, I did, I did like, I, um, I mostly did like, uh, like QBasic kind of stuff and whatever in like, you know, seventh, eighth grade, whatever. Um, I don't think I, you know, so I got kind of obsessed with it for a little bit. And then I discovered playing guitar and being in a band when I was like a freshman in high school. So that kind of took over for me for a while. And, I kind of always kept it as a hobby or something I was interested in, but it wasn't like my like main obsession for that time period. Um, and then it kind of you know came back later. Okay, so when you were when you were in the um, so you got into you got into music. Were you into any other kind of uh, creative or artistic pursuits? Um, I'm pretty into I'm pretty into like writing and. Uh, um, I, I'd like to be better at, um, I'd like to be better at like drawing, like with my hand, I can do okay on the computer now, but like drawing like pictures and stuff, but I'm pretty bad at that actually. So I'd say mostly like, I, I was always really into the idea of like songwriting and writing in general and, um, those kinds of things. So I guess those are sort of separate, but connected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I, have you been able to keep up with the guitar at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I play every day. For oh, sure. really? That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. I uh, I played in high school as well, and 
and then um, a little bit, and, and then I kept playing starting into college, and and then uh, even a little bit when I was first married, and then the kids came, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I we recently moved and I and I unpacked my my guitars for the first time in a, in a couple of years. So good oh, on wow. you, good on you for keeping it up. Yeah, I don't know. It just um, it never occurred to me not to be that. It never sort of occurs to me to not always be writing music and sort of creating in that way. So I just I don't know. It's sort of how my brain works. Okay. And do, do yeah. you play with other people or do you just kind of do your own things uh, these days? Um, sometimes I do. Uh, mostly I, mostly I play with my, I, I, I play by myself, uh, right now, but I'm, uh, I'm still like, uh, doing shows every once in a while and that kind of thing. Although less than I'd like to. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, you'll have to keep an, an ear out if you're in the Portland area for Collins next show. Um, for sure. <laughs> so when now you, you were into guitar and computers a little bit and um eventually do, did you go to college? Uh no. So oh, okay. me and my drummer uh went to a semester of the community college and took a bunch of music classes and then we got pretty bored with that. So we stopped going after that semester and then we went on tour and then we uh a little short tiny one and then we um kind of just continued playing shows and doing music around Northern California and the Bay Area for the next couple of years. And then I sort of, you know, just continued on. Okay. And is that where you grew up in Northern California? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just north of San Francisco. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, at what point did you did you decide to get into development? Well, what happened was that I... Um, what happened was that I had been, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd done, you know, music or whatever. And then also uh, eventually I moved to Sacramento and then I was doing the stupid job where I was driving auto parts around. It was really boring. Uh, you know, that, you know, the kind of dumb jobs for a while. And I ended up, um, you know, kind of like I would try and run sound sometimes part time at like venues or whatever and uh, ended up working at a, um, at, a, uh, at a guitar center in Sacramento and then working in the recording department there because I was always really into that. And uh, that just, you know, there were a lot of Macs and stuff around because Macs are very well, you know, they're very used in recording, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I got a lot more exposure to uh, being around Macs and stuff. And I just got, you know, like I said, I'd always kind of kept programming as like, a side hobby. It just wasn't like my main focus, but it was always something I was like interested in or like read about a little bit or whatever. Um, so I just, you know, so I got a Mac and I was like, I could learn how to program this, you know, cause I just thought the apps were so cool, uh-huh. you know, so I wanted to learn how to, uh, you know, things like, um, you know, like net newswire and, uh, I'm trying to think of what else that I had then that I really liked, but you know, stuff like, you know, cool apps like that, that I kind of discovered on my own. Um, and so I got the idea that that was something I could maybe do. So I, uh, you know, so I got the, um, you know, one of the early editions of, uh, you know, the Aaron Hillegas uh, Coco OS 10 programming book yeah. and read it and then read it again. And eventually I kind of started to get it. And then the uh, iPhone SDK happened and then everybody was hiring. And so it kind of got a lot you know, so I was sort of able to not have really a lot or any practical experience or training at that point. And then 
just through kind of sheer like excitement and interest and that I'd been like reading about this and like listening to podcasts and be obsessed with it for a year, kind of fall into it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of good timing. Yeah, that is good timing. I, uh, those, those Aaron Hillegas books, I think have, uh, have helped out a lot of people. I know that's what I picked up when I, when I decided I wanted to make an iPhone app, but, um, and, uh, so you, you, you got into so it seems like you got into it kind of at the right just at the right time. Had you been doing a lot of um, a lot of Mac development before the iOS SDK came out? Yeah, so I it'd been about a year or maybe a little more that I'd been sort of just uh, I'd been basically I, I got this Hill of Gas book and then I um, and then I just kind of got obsessed with the whole idea and I started like listening to uh, it was right around the time when. Um, like Late Night Coco, if you remember that, like with Scotty, that started, and huh. uh, some of those other podcasts. And um, I just got kind of obsessed with the whole idea of it. So it just sort of became like everything that I did all the time became that. Yeah. So I'd been doing it for about that long when the, uh, yeah, I'd been real interested and I hadn't like, you know, released anything or weren't made any money out of it yet. But I just, I basically just had the idea that it was sort of like, this was this thing that I, I you know, I, I, I was aware that there was such a thing as like indie developers and, um, you know, and that whole idea. And I thought it was really cool because I was just like, this is a thing that I could learn and, you know, I could learn, I could teach myself and I could make my own thing and sell it on the internet or whatever. And, you know, that whole idea. And I'm like, and it doesn't, you know, it's not going to matter anything else that I've done or haven't done. It just matters. Can I, you know, can I do the thing at the end of it? And I just thought, you know, so I got really obsessed with that idea of like, I could, you know, just another like kind of creative outlet for me mm-hmm. that I had that, you know, that, and that it was a creative outlet that could potentially like become something, you know, viable to do, you know, full time eventually maybe. So I, so I was pretty obsessed with it for that year and then, but yeah, just learning mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you kind of got into it at a good time, um, right as, right before the iOS SDK came out. And so you were, so you had enough experience with it to, to be at an advantage, I suppose, when kind of the whole world flocked to iOS development. But um, what would you, what do you have, how do you think somebody who's trying to get into into indie development today, how would their approach have to be different than yours? Or, may, or maybe it wouldn't be, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I do think about that a little bit as far as like, um, you know, kind of like the whole like Malcolm Gladwell outlier sort of thing where it's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's not just about like working hard. It's also about like being like the right age at the right time and having like the, you know, certain things happen. I'm like, I was just about the right age to be able to like get a job, but not so old that like not having that much experience was a problem. And also, you know, whatever, you know, so I felt, you know, and also that the iPhone SDK was happening right then. Like there were a lot of things that kind of lined up for me right at that moment. Uh Um, and I, you know, I think though that, you know, I, I think that the same thing's still true though. I think what's really cool about, I think what's really cool about this whole, you know, um, the way uh, people are selling software now, I think what's really cool about it is that somebody who has the right, you know, that you have the brain for it, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you kind of, uh, you sort of, you're able to think in the right ways to be able to do this kind of stuff and you're interested in it and you like it that you can really just kind of through force of will, like, you know, keep plugging away at it until you're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think today, 
I would, you know, I, th- I think I probably would have maybe been interested in iOS first if it was today, just because it probably seemed a little bit, probably would seem a little bit more accessible yeah. um, to somebody starting out now. But, uh, you know, I think, I think there's, as far as like the learning part, it seems to me like there's more resources now than ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, Stack Overflow alone is just, I mean, it's just like a, there, there's so many answers there's so many questions that you, that you can I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like when I was kind of learning iOS development, the little that I know of it, that it's uh, you know, it's just like a Russian nesting doll. You know, like every time you, mm-hmm. you you finish something, there's some other level that is a little bit trickier to get. But it's not like nobody's done it before, and there's a lot of resources if you're trying to learn that. Yeah, all the all the, there's there's so much help out there now compared to even just like five or six years ago. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, so when you were um, when you were uh, learning um, about Cocoa programming and, and things like that, uh, was 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 there any were there any kind of like big humps you had to overcome in order to be able to um, to understand it or to be successful and find your you know kind of find your career path? Um, I think that, I mean, I think the big humps were basically that I had to, um, you know. I, I think the big humps were, you know, early on as far as just like kind of, I mean, I'm still learning. I mean, I get better kind of every, every day or week, but, um, the, I think in the early learning phases for me, like that first couple of years, um, I think that basically like, you know, teaching myself the language and understanding everything and just sort of like, you know, figuring out where the resources were and then approaching it from the right direction and figuring out how to solve hard problems and, you know, all those things. Um, that was, you know, that, that, that took some doing. Um, but you know, after, uh, you know, I, I was lucky to keep running into smart people who would kind of, you know, who were willing to sort of shepherd me and help me out a little bit. So, um, but I would say, you know, just that initial, like getting to the point where I felt like I could make a thing and I sort of, you know, you, you, you start out and the whole thing sort of seems like a, you know, you, you start out with something like this. I mean, if you haven't come from like, you know, if you have a lot of experience in some other, you know, um, framework and language, you know, it probably all kind of makes sense a little bit quicker, uh-huh. but I feel like, and it made sense pretty fast for me. I feel like based on where I was at, I feel like it made sense pretty quickly for me. But I think that if you're kind of starting from zero or close to zero, that, um, you start out and it kind of seems like a black box, like kind of magic, yeah. you know, a little bit. And then you sort of have to, you sort of reach the point where like, you sort of see, where everything kind of comes together. Like, you know, you sort of like, you see, you know, you see any, you know, you know, something like, um, stuff, everything kind of stops seeming like magic. You know what I mean? You see how all the different parts fit together and how, um, and how, you know, if you, if you learned this concept here, you can move that over to here. Right. You know what I mean? So picking up those concepts and really understanding them, I think is, uh, is difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, like kind of the core, you know, kind of like the, you know, sort of like things like, um, you know, people getting their head, just people getting their head around like the core concepts around things like MVC and stuff yeah, like that. Definitely. I think that takes a while. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then there's memory allocation and, and just, you know, kind of, kind of concepts that are, you, you've got to really let them, let them sink in. I mean, I guess it's less so now with arc and I kind of took the shortcut on that, on that one, but, uh, um, yeah, there's, yeah. there's good programming, you know, the, the ideas behind it are kind of what takes a while to, to sink in. 
Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's it, it it's it's true, and uh, you know, I I think that I think that for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's I feel like I've gotten pretty. I think I think if I have any unique skills, maybe not unique, but like things that I'm kind of pretty good at, I think it's probably just in like teaching myself new things, uh-huh. and I think that. And I think that that's actually done me pretty well for something like, you know, for something like I need to learn Photoshop. So like, I, you know, I go and I teach myself Photoshop, something I'm never, and I feel like as adults, a lot of people are, a lot of people, I think when they get into like their twenties or thirties or whatever, I think as adults, you're so good at so many of the things that you kind of need to do like day to day, you know, like you can pay your bills and drive a car and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, that like, you know, you get so good at most of the things a normal person needs to do that we're sort of afraid to pick up something new that we sort of know we're probably going to really suck at for a year or two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I think maybe because I suck so bad at being an adult to begin with that, um, that like, I just don't have that instinct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I, I, um, so I think that's actually kind of what did me well in my early experience, which is that. You know, it didn't bother me that I, I kind of knew I was sucking at it, but it didn't really bother me. I just kind of, I, I knew there was a, I knew there was another side of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that applies when I want to learn about, you know, design stuff or new programming stuff or any of that, and, you know, anything. Um, I just kind of assume that I'm going to be really bad at this, but then it'll be okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, approach, approaching an, any new talent, uh, any new task, I think with you know, a little bit of humility that way, I mean, it, it just, it actually helps you learn faster than, than other people, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. S- now you, you mentioned before that you, that you had some mentors and people that helped you along the way. What, how, how important do you think, uh, mentors are for people when they're trying to get established in, in what they like to do? Um, I mean, for me, it was, for me, it was critical. So I, uh, you know, so my, at my very first thing that I did, I had a, um, my very first thing that I did was kind of an internship, paid internship situation, um, you know, doing an iOS app and, um, you know, and there were people that were sort of at the company who, if I wanted to talk to them about something, they would kind of, you know, they didn't do iOS, but, you know, they did other kinds of computery yeah. things. And if I wanted to talk to them about it, they would sort of talk to me about it and work through it with me. And, um, you know, and that, I think, you know, I, I think I learned a lot that way. I met, um, you know, I met a, uh, you know, I met a guy named, um, Michael Simmons, uh, who does, um, like, uh, you know, does, um, Flexibits now yeah. and, uh, some other things. And, um, he's actually the one who hooked me up with the cultured code people originally. And I, I don't know if I'd say that was like a, I don't, I don't know if I would classify that exactly as like a mentorship relationship, but he definitely like helped me out and wanted to like help me move along in my path. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, you know, that was a big help. Um, and, you know, getting to go to Germany and work with those guys was a huge help early on. Uh, and, you know, and then learning from those guys. And then, um, you know, and then later on, I, uh, when I worked at Avatron, we did air sharing and air display. Um, one of the guys I worked uh, there is named uh, Wooly. And he, uh, it's his nickname, but his, uh, <laughs> I call him Wooly. But um, he, uh, you know, he was like an ex-Apple employee. Like he worked on like Claris Works before Steve came back. Huh. And then like when they fired all the people who worked at, you know, on that, you know, he was one of the people they kept. And then he worked on, you know, like I work and some other stuff for a long time. So, you know, he had a lot to 
teach me basically about, you know, how to uh, kind of just not suck at this stuff too bad, you know, and (laughs) apparently saw something in me that I had some potential to continue getting better at it. Um, So, you know, so for me, it's been really, really critical. And I mean, then there's people who I think are kind of like, you know, in our little like community thing, um, our little like development community. uh, I think, you know, there's people who've been kind of like um, uh, sort of like, um, you know, I'm not like working with them, but they've been sort of mentors to me in a different way as far Mm -hmm. as like, you know, introducing me to people and helping me, um, you know, get uh, situated with the right crowd and whatever to, you know, have the right, I don't know, just to kind of enjoy what I'm doing and to, you know, meet cool people, you know, um, you know, and also to, you know, talk to me about this stuff sometimes too. And that's, you know, people like, uh, you know, Dan Pasco and, um, Brent Simmons have always been really great to me. Yeah. And I, so like I said, for me, it's been extremely critical, I guess is the point. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, I, th- I think it's, definitely critical for most people and i mean so how important is is it to you to be kind of a a mentor to to people that you meet that might be younger in the field than you are yeah no i um i have i have a couple people when i was working at the uh the last consulting company that uh that i I worked at um or that i was consulting for um it's kind of an agency sort of thing Uh uh you know i had a couple people who were not super experienced with that and it was you know and I, um, you know, I, I, I felt like I did spend a lot of time, like, you know, working with somebody who was less experienced and then kind of showing them like, well, you know, I would maybe do it this way because this and this, and this is the problem that you're going to, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. I, I, you know, I, I enjoy that. You know, I enjoy meeting, you know, I, I enjoy when I get a chance to, you know, um, you know, do the same thing for somebody else if yeah. possible. Yeah, I think there's some people who are just really good at kind of that mentorship role. I was lucky enough to work with somebody like that in my first job, um, who was another designer, and uh, and you know just kind of just you know people who you know in another life would be teachers of some sort or other. You know, I, I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's important to you know those types of people are so valuable you know, to, to kind of each of us that making an effort to be that kind of person for somebody else is, is definitely admirable. Um, I think so too. Yeah. So, uh, now, so you, you worked for a cultured code who worked on things and you, you got to go to Germany for that. Yeah. What was that? How was that for you? Um, that was a blast. Yeah. I ate a lot of sausage and things like <laughs> that and schnitzel and stuff and, you know, gained a little bit of weight and then, uh, that that was pretty fun. Um, so I was only I was there for a couple of months. I uh-huh. was the I was like the I was just um, I was doing like a contracting thing for them yeah. to help them add some features to their app, to their iOS app mm-hmm. or iPhone app uh, at that point. But um, you know, so I was uh, I, I was helping them out with that in like you know fall of two thousand eight for a couple of months, and okay. um, that 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 was a blast. Those guys were those guys were great. I learned a ton. I got to go to a different country and kind of live there for a couple months, and that was fun too. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and I got paid for it, and then I got to come home. So the whole thing was great. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds pretty great. Um, and then uh, you worked on air share. Is it air share and air display at Avatron? Yeah, air sharing. Yeah, air sharing and air display at Avatron. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I did a. So after that, so after Cultured Code, I kind of did my own app and then like some contracting for like 
maybe a little less, I guess in total, that period was probably about a year mm-hmm. and then went, you know, so I spoke at, um, like 360 iDev, some conferences and stuff. Um, and then moved on to, uh, and then I had basically, I had met one of the guys from Avatron, um, the CEO mm-hmm. at, um, at, uh, at the first, um, 360 iDev, which is an iOS development conference. Um, and, uh, I'd met him and I thought they were cool. And, um, so I, you know, I'd sent them a resume and I was just like, Hey, if you need any help with anything, let me know, whatever. And they didn't at the time. And then it was like the one time that somebody's like, we'll keep you in the file where they actually did call me back like seven or eight months later. And we're <laughs> like, Hey, actually we need people now. And your thing came up. Um, you know, so that, you know, they were in Portland and I was still in the Bay or I was still in Sacramento then. Uh-huh. So that was a, you know, I kind of already knew I'd been to Portland a couple times, like with my band. So I kind of knew that it was a cool city and that I liked it. So I sort of had been thinking it would be a neat place to live at some point anyway. Yeah. So it all just kind of worked out. Um, and I got to go there and learn a lot and be there for a couple of years. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. So that's, what's got, that's what got you to Portland. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so, uh, how do you like the, how do you like working and living in Portland? How, how important do you think that is for, you know, the, the community that you're in? Um, I think, I think Portland's great. I wish more people lived here. I think it's, uh, I mean, not like, not like more people. I mean, I mean like more of my people, uh, lived here because, um, I, I just think it's super. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we have great food. We have lots of things to do. Um, you can ride your bike everywhere, which I'm pretty big fan of. Um, you know, everything about it to me is just, it's, you know, it's, um, it's fun and it's really cheap to live here, which, you know, was helpful when I was, you know, um, you know, being cheap to live here is helpful when you're working on your own apps and you, you know, you want to like take a couple of months, like not, it would have been difficult to have been doing contracting in like and living in a place like San Francisco and just been like, you know, doing contracting and then just taken off for three to five months to like go do something else on my own. Yeah. You know, just to see how and then go back to it. I feel like if I lived in a place that was two or three times more expensive, it'd be like I have to be doing that all the time every week. So that would have been really hard. Um, you know, and also just that it has everything that I love, you know, uh, food and bikes and coffee and. Yeah. That's pretty much and beer. So it's kind of got all of my main passions here. So I, uh, you know, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I can. I live in Michigan now, but up until a couple of months ago, I lived in Seattle. And so I can definitely vouch for the Northwest as a whole. But Portland itself has a really cool, really cool vibe. And I'm glad to hear that it's not as expensive to live in because <laughs> it's a really cool. It is a really cool town. I've, I've enjoyed it every time I've been able to visit. Yeah, I, I, I like it too. Seattle's cool too. I, I like Seattle also. They're, they're, I think they're probably more different from one another than people who don't live in the Northwest like think they are. Yeah. But yeah. I really enjoy both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, up in Seattle, you've got, I mean, there's, there's just a, a much, a lot more uh, larger, larger corporation type businesses. And so, you know, those kind of professional people move there and it's, it's just, it's kind of, a, it's just got a different feeling than Portland. I feel like, um, and, uh, but the food's food, great there as well. And so I, I don't know, mm-hmm. you, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Like I said, I think they're both great. I just think they're both, 
they both have a different feeling. They're just, but yeah. I think I, I like both of them. I could live in either one of those places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, uh, living in Portland now. Now you, you talked about doing a little bit of contracting as well as your your own personal apps. Uh, why don't you tell us about uh, about um, uh, Pinbook? Oh, okay, yeah. So about. Um, well, less than a year ago, but maybe like nine months ago, uh, I released an app for Pinboard called uh, Pinbook for mm-hmm. Pinboard. Um, and uh, it's uh, Pinboard's like a bookmarking service, sort of like delicious. You can save your links online and um, get to them. So I wrote a, um, you know, there were no good app. There were no really no apps for it at all at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then I wrote one that I thought was pretty good and I put it out and, um, you know, I worked on it. You know, I, I worked on getting more versions out really quickly right then, and then, um, and then, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 done okay. I mean, you know, Pinboard like, as a service doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have millions of active users, so there's sort of a hard ceiling on how successful this app could ever be. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. in that way. But um, you know, but it's uh, you know, but it's something that I enjoy working on, and I want to keep working on. Um, I haven't. Uh, I haven't done an update to it for a little while now, mostly because I want to like do like a big update for iOS seven. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like I kind of like want to put my energy into that um, when I do it. But um, you know, but uh, it was just kind of a matter of that this was a service that I really liked, but it wasn't very useful to me because I couldn't really use it on my iPhone very effectively. Yeah. Um, so I solved that problem for myself. I think I think that's kind of the 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 way the best apps come about is solving a problem for yourself. I use Pinboard all the time. I think it's a pinbook all the time. I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love how fast it is. I, it, and, um, and it's pretty well, de- it's pretty well designed as well. Um, how did, you know, it seems, I, I know that you've presented on kind of the crossover to design and development in a, in a couple different, um, occasions. Mm-hmm. And, um, how important do you think design is in the creation of, of your app or of any app really? I mean, for me, I, I really, you know, I, I think, I, th- I think design is, um, you know, I think design is extremely important. I mean, I think it's, you know, um, Pinbook has sort of a, it's kind of a midway app as far as like very custom, you know, as far as like, you know, it's got like its own color scheme and like some other kind of custom things to it, but it's not like, it's, it's more of like a theme look, it's more like it's, yeah. It's more like it's themed looking rather than like a completely custom thing that like I just, you know, like the Evernote app or something that's just kind of its own thing. Yeah. Um, doesn't use like any system stuff at all. Um, and I think that for me, I always think of of design as just being that it's important, you know, it's it's important to me, you know, besides it's not about like just you know it's not about really what it looks like exactly or you know it's it's just sort of about the whole how the thing makes you feel when you have it in your hand yeah. so to me that's really important because if something doesn't make you feel good you know if you don't have like if you don't feel like you have some kind of little emotional connection to the thing that you're using it doesn't make you kind of happy to use it um then i think that you're probably not going to have a very successful product so yeah i don't know that's so it seems it seems whether or not the app is very like visually customized or not, you know, any app, I think that thinking in terms of that, in that having some like designed thinking go into what you're doing, I, uh, um, design thinking, but I think (laughs) that, um, 
I think that thinking in a way about like, you know, how people are going to interact with what you're doing is, you know, really, really important. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm a designer, so I obviously agree with you, but, um, I think, uh, did you use any, did you use anybody else to help you with the design of, of uh, Pinbook or was that all you? Uh, no, no, the, the, no, I, I, the, the, the app is all me. That, that yeah. app is all me. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's just sort of never because like, I kind of came from the idea of like, I'm going to make my own thing and like yeah. sell it on the internet and whatever. Like it never really occurred to me to have the idea that I wouldn't just do everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have like some like computer science or like design background. Yeah. So like beforehand. So it never really occurred to me that like those were really separate things that like different people normally do. I was just kind of like, I'll just do everything all the time. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's sort of how I think in general is I'm just like, you know, like I said, I'm just like, oh, it's a new thing. I'll learn it, you know? So, um, yeah. So yeah, so that, 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 so that one's all me and that, well, that's how I tend to approach things. I, I, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And I, I mean, one of the things I want to talk to you about is, um, is, uh, is, is how separate do you think the roles of a designer and a developer should be? I mean, in your case, you're, you're obviously the same person. Um, do you think that that's a that's something that more people should should try to 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 be kind of a combo type designer developer, or or what what are the kind of the limitations to that kind of role? That's uh, that's what I guess mm-hmm. I'm asking. I mean, I guess. I guess that when we, you know when you talk about like separation between design and development, like how they're different, I guess in my mind, I just don't think that they are different. Mm-hmm. I think that they're really just two parts of the same thing, which is that you know we're making a you know like you know I'll keep it in terms of apps because you know like that's the easiest for me to yeah. talk about it intelligently with um but the um for me, it's just a matter of like if there was a spectrum of like it's more of like a spectrum of like people mm-hmm. who make things, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like on one end you might have somebody who like, I don't know, like writes the driver software for your mouse or something, you know? And like, on the other hand, maybe you have somebody who does the like really, you know, like candy colored Mac OS icon kind of, you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. Who just more, does the app more icon. Visual. Yeah. 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 More like purely visual. Like they don't really, you know, they, they mostly focus on that, but I really just see, you know, Anywhere in between, I see it as that everybody is kind of a combo, right? Like everybody, yeah. I, I think. I think if you're a designer and you don't understand, I think as a designer, if you don't understand how the thing that you're trying to make, you know, if, you, if you're making software, especially, um, but if you're, I think as a designer, if you don't understand what the thing you're trying to make is really all, a, you know, what what the thing you're, the platform you're making it for, iOS or whatever, uh, is all about, or what, or how it kind of if you don't have any feeling for like how this works and like what, what is right and whatever, um, I feel like you'll probably be pretty bad at it in general because you just, I feel like your sense for, um, you know, your, your sense for these things will just be off in a lot of different ways. You know, I think having, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that every person who does design needs to also know how to program. I'm saying that like, I think just having a sense for like sort of what the platform is about, what works on the platform, how things, you know, how things generally interact, what's going to, you know, I think that having some feeling for the technical part of it is probably pretty important. And in my experience working with other people, that seems to be true. People who have a little bit of, people who have a little bit of a technical background and then design seem to be, 
you know, they seem to take to it more naturally as far as like picking up on those things. Yeah. Um, and I think as a, um, you know, and I think as a, you know, somebody who's doing like the programming side of something, I think, you know, if you're physically, you know, if you're physically in charge of, you know, you can, you know, you can be handed like, you know, um, you know, mock-ups or whatever, you know, slices of things, you know, but, but ultimately, like, if you're physically the one typing it in and making it happen, like, you know, you kind of have a lot of, you kind of have a lot of influence on a lot of way that the app, the thing works, right? You yeah, know what I definitely. mean? Like, besides, besides that one, like, physically, somebody's probably not going to tell you this needs to be an, an ease in, ease out animation versus something else. I feel like good developers should have a sense for those kinds of things, you know, yeah, yeah. where you don't need to, they don't need their hand held. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, and, and, and I also think that, uh, as far, as far as being a developer and, um, you know, and, and doing design stuff, I think that it's, uh, oh man, I, I kind of lost track where I was going with that, but I was going somewhere. <laughs> but I, I guess, I guess, I guess to me, it's just it's so hard to view them as separate things. I think the reason they are separate things, even to me, is you know, one is that you know, and I'm talking in the realm of apps where like I feel like the things we make are generally actually pretty contained. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, there's larger systems with more moving parts and lots of other things. But I, I think for a lot of the kind of stuff that somebody like you or I is probably interested in. Um, I think that a lot of the reason, like, maybe they are even as separate as they are is just because, uh, um, you know, those parts of the spectrum are generally, like, done by different people and are completely separate um, is because uh, – it's partially because I think the tools sort of still suck so bad. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, definitely. As far as, like, programming is still really, really hard and, like – you know, and like people use tools like Photoshop and stuff, which are also like really bad in their own way too. Yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, um, if you look at an industry, which is like a little bit more, you know, we're a very young industry, right? Like yeah, software definitely. stuff. If you look at something like say garment design, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no such thing as a garment designer who can't sew. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can, yeah, you can like prototype your own stuff. And I think that's where it'll, I mean, I don't know if that's 50 years out or a hundred years out, but I think that's where things end up. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, um, I mean, the first interview I did for this podcast was with a girl named Amber Hooper, who's an industrial designer. And, uh, and she needs to know enough engineering to know that the thing that she designs will actually hold together, how, what kind of pieces mm-hmm. will need to you know, what, what can be manufactured simply and easily. And, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like there are a lot of other fields like that, 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 you know, the, 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 the knowledge has to be broad enough that you can, that you can do a little bit of everything. You know, I, I, I think, uh, I first, I first met you, I think at, uh, at Coco Conf in, in Portland last year. And, um, mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, a Q&A there and somebody asked if like, you know, what, what should be like a design tool if, if Xcode was a design tool. And I felt, I felt like kind of like an outspoken jerk, but I just wanted to yell out like, no, it's the worst design tool. Like it's, it's so <laughs> bad, you know, interface builder. Um, but uh, it's, uh, but I, th- I think you're right. I think the tools are just kind of, they're not, they're not really helping, you know, broaden the, the skill set, I guess. Of, of either a designer or a developer. Well, that's true. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, if you're somebody who does like, um, 
you know, uh, more like visual, you know, designy design stuff. Yeah. And you, you can't really jump into like something like interface builder in Xcode and start like playing with things because you're just going to break the whole app. Like, yeah, totally. You need, you kind of need, <laughs> you need to know, like, it's really like, it looks like a design tool because you're like dragging things around, but really it's a development tool because it's really all connected to the like code and yeah. that stuff's really fragile. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you listen to Roderick on the line, um, that podcast, but John Roderick, uh, likes to say that he, um, he thinks that computers are at like the level of evolution now that, um, that like airplanes were at when they had like, you know, uh, flapping wings and were <laughs> mostly made out of bicycle parts. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Like it's, you know, we're, I feel like we're super early on in just the evolution of these things. Yeah, Totally. You know, part of me thinks that maybe something like Interface Builder, but it'd, it'd be more honest with the with the user if it was like in diagram rather than in like a visual design thing, because that's really you're just connecting things to each other, you know, um, most of the time. Yeah, uh, that kind of so, makes sense. So, um, all right. Well, uh, now when you start a project, so you've you've done a few personal projects over the years, and you've also done some mm-hmm. a lot of consulting work. Um, how do you start a new project? What's kind of the first thing you like to do? Um, so it kind of depends where the idea comes from. I mean, if the idea, you know, because there there's sort of different ways that the um, if the idea comes from more of an from more of a place of um, trying to think how to phrase this exactly. If I'm thinking more in terms of, I definitely know that I can do this, but I, you know, it always, if I'm definitely know that I can do this and it's just a matter of figuring out like how the actual thing will work in your hand, then I'll usually, you know, then I like to, you know, I'll start kind of sketching out like the screens and whatever and thinking about it and maybe move on to something like OmniGraffle or sketch or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, to start like getting, you know, to, uh, you know, start coming up with kind of the flow of the thing and the visual, um, you know, way that it's going to work. And, uh, you know, and then I usually still get into like kind of coding pretty early because I feel like, like I said, since to me, they're really, to me, there's no such thing as a, um, you know, there's, there's sort of no design that survives uh, exactly intact once you actually put it on something and start touching it. So to me, like actually getting to the point where you can start having something on your in your hand that you can start touching and using and kind of getting a feel for like what's working and what not what's not. So I'll normally do sketches and then like maybe some omnigraphle or something and then kind of jump into like just making the thing that I want to make. Yeah. Um, and I'll kind of do it sort of iteratively like that, uh, kind of going back and forth between like, you know, a, um, you know, doing graphics and doing, you know, the thing that I'm doing. Uh, you know, I, I guess I normally do enough planning to know what I'm trying to make before I do it, but not so much that I'm like trying to solve problems that don't exist yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and then the other way that sometimes I'll start is that if I'm, you know, if the project that I'm doing maybe relies on some kind of technical thing that I'm not exactly totally sure how to do, I might start with like a very simple, like, like development, like, I'll just load Xcode and try and make like a very simple prototype to like see if I can do this. You know what I mean? Like yeah, see yeah. what it would take, try and get a feeling for like what the technical limitations of that are going to be. Um, 
And those are kind of the two ways. And then normally I just, you know, and I just make the thing. I just keep going till I'm done. Yeah. Well, the, um, and, uh, and is, is, is that, process kind of been the same on your um when you're dealing with a with a client when you're dealing with like a client or more consulting work as or is that kind Mm -hmm. of when you have control over the whole process is that how you like to do it um a lot of times when you're doing consulting for software um they you know because a lot of times you're like working with companies or something and they kind of have their like own in-house people who want to like be involved in, you know, they, they have like their own in-house like art department or something that wants to like, you know, do something or, you know, you're getting it as like a subcontract through this other company and they, you know, they're, they're really like a design firm and then they're like finding people to do the other parts. Mm-hmm. So when that's happened, I've kind of had to, you know, I've kind of had to be like, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot more like, you know, okay, I get the thing from somebody, you know, what they think. And then I have to, you know, decide, you know, which battles I'm sort of going to pick here based on that, you know, I would like anything I work on to be the best thing it can be. Mm-hmm. So if I feel really strongly about something, I'll, you know, kind of go back and be like, this isn't working and this is why, and this is why, and this is why. And I think the fact that I've been able to, I can sort of like talk, you know, I can talk like design, designing yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> helps because they feel like, you know, I can speak, I can speak, I think the fact I can speak about design like pretty intelligently, I think has helped a lot because I think that other people, I think that a lot of people who are more like purely like the programming side, um, you know, it's difficult for them to express what they don't like about something or what's yeah. not working, like they sort of feel it. And that's not always super useful with other people because, you know, they want to, um, you know, they, they, that, that's like telling a, you know, it's like telling somebody who makes apps like, well, it's slow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, what's slow? And they're like, I don't know. It's slow. Right. Like <laughs> that's like the same thing. They'll be like, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Like I, I feel like being able to speak intelligently actually helped me a lot when I was, you know, working with a lot of those people, being able to go back and forth with them. And then on projects where I, you know, would get contracted to the design and the development, then I would normally, you know, contracting stuff isn't normally for me been, there isn't normally a lot of the like, is this even like, is this something that's feasible to do on an iPhone or an iPad? Normally it's like, you know, the kind of thing people want to do with when they're hiring contractors is more like, you know, is more like this is what we would like to do. You know, it's there's no mystery in it for me. You know, it's like yeah. I connect to a network service and do a thing. So then I'll normally start with like, you know, the same design process I would normally. OK, except that I'll send them except that, you know, maybe I'll take it a little bit further so I can send them a couple versions of it to make sure that like they generally like what I'm trying to do before I've like started typing, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that we agree on it. Yeah, well, you definitely want to get the sign off er- fairly earlier. You just you're just asking for wasted time. I feel like um, with any client work. Absolutely. Like I, um, I mean, you know, especially I mean with client work anyway, especially with like the design part of it. I feel like a lot of times they will sign off on it early and then basically change, basically come back at you with something where like <laughs> they just for some reason didn't want to tell you this earlier. Like I did a. Um, I, I did an app for some, uh, I think it's proctologists, where they were like doing app that was going to play videos of how to do proctology examinations. And I made them a thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, it could look kind of like, I was trying to basically think of how to make an app for proctologists not look like a butthole. Was, 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 <laughs> was and, um, you know, so, you know, because they had an Android app and that's kind of what it looked like. Um, and I don't mean like figuratively, I mean like kind of literally. So, um, 
you know, so the design I came up with was I was like, oh, what if it sort of looked like, you know, like the metal tables they always have in like, you know, like operating rooms, so like certain, you know, surgical kind of stainless steel. I was like, what if it was sort of like, you know, silver and smooth and clean, whatever, like that kind of a look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, how would how would this work? And I kind of like did the whole thing. And then like when we're at the point where we're like getting ready to like maybe submit the app, they're like, this is great. We really like what you did here. But we have this image which was basically an image which was basically a slightly blurred image of um like a butthole with a purple filter on top of it <laughs> like no joke it was completely recognizable and they're like we'd like to use this as the background image for the whole app oh my god and i'm like yeah let's see like maybe i could blur it a little bit or something but it was very clear that this was like somebody's like you know lower intestine at the best you know it was it was very obvious what you were dealing with here oh, so dear. You know, I feel like, yeah, so I feel like, you know, there's a lot of challenges in doing that, in doing design consulting, um, you know, <laughs> with people. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I've never heard a story quite like that one before. Um, <laughs> but it, the, it, client work is, it gets, gets, gets funky sometimes, I think. Yeah. The best part of that was how many different ways they would say what it was and what they wanted to put there without actually using the words was <laughs> what kind of what made it amazing for me. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, so mm-hmm. you've, you're kind of over the last little bit, you've, uh, you, you recently announced, I think last week, um, that you, uh, have started a, a new company with some partners called braid labs. And so, uh, and, um, why, why don't you tell, tell me about that? And, uh, and, and is it, well, first of all, is, is that kind of what you're doing full time now? Is that your whole thing? Yeah, that's, um, yeah. So I'm doing this, uh, it's a startup, uh, in San Francisco called mm-hmm. Bra- I'm, I'm, I'm in Portland, but, um, I'm in Portland. Uh, and then, um, you know, I go down there a lot basically. Okay. And, um, you know, a couple of the, a couple of the other guys are there and, um, yeah, it's a startup in San Francisco and we're, uh, you know, we we um, we're making a uh, an email client called Braid uh, for the iPhone. Okay. Now, um, so there, there's been a, there's been a, a lot of email stuff recently with other apps uh, like Mailbox and things like that. So, what what is it what is it about mail like email that seems to be such a a problem that people feel like they have to solve right now? What is the problem with email, according to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the, I mean, I think that the problem that a lot of people probably, I think that the thing that a lot of people are interested to do something with this is, you know, is, um, and this isn't really, I don't think this is where we're coming from so much, but I think that one is that it's, um, you know, it's a huge market, right? Like yeah. it's a huge, it, there's a, it's a huge potential market. So I think there's a lot of people who are interested in it, like basically because it's something that everybody touches. So it's yeah. something a lot of different kinds of people would be interested in making, you know, yeah. um, you know, where if you were making like a guitar app, you know, it's kind of, you know, if you're not a guitar player, you're probably not going to think of that idea. Yeah, um, totally. So, you know, so, um, and I think the problem that we're trying to solve that, hasn't been uh exactly done this way yet is um is that it sort of seems to me like there's apps that are like uh you know if you look at an app like um like like apple mail right mail.app yeah um you know which which i like for you know i like in a lot of ways um 
I think the thing about it is it's like a very it's it's like it's the very like base level like email experience, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like the simplest it's like the simplest most base level email experience like done pretty well. Yeah. As far as like um as far as it doesn't really doesn't really train it does everything an email client should do, but it doesn't really try and help you out too much. Like they have like yeah. smart mailboxes and you can flag things, but like it doesn't do a lot for you. Um and then there's apps which uh, you know, but the thing is, you know, it doesn't try and it's not, there's, there's not really a email workflow to mail.app. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you don't have to like do no, you don't have to know GTD or something to like start using mail. Like yeah. it, it, it kind of works the way you would expect a mail app to work. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's a lot of apps which basically try and sort of tack things onto email that maybe don't necessarily belong there exactly. Um, or try and get you to sort of use your email in a certain way to fit with the app that you're using. Yeah. And that isn't super appealing to me because I just, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of people who maybe they don't want to have to go buy, you know, they don't, they, they don't want to maybe have to buy into like, um, they don't want to buy into your special snowflake workflow for your app. They want something that, is like a mail, you know, like a regular mail client, but maybe like just is a little smarter in some ways. Yeah. Um, so like one of the, you know, so one of the first features that we're really pushing is, um, is basically that when you send an email, um, we're going to let you say, if I don't hear back from this person within so many days, let me know that I need to follow up with them. And then you'll have like a little follow-ups list. Okay. Um, and the reason that that's, useful to me is because I think that most of the time when I need to deal with something, it's usually like the last email that I, the last email that went out was, was me asking for something and then say, and then they say, okay, I'll do that by whenever. And I say, okay, cool, period. Send. Right. Yeah. And then what I really need to know is if they don't, if I don't hear back from them with that thing they said by then, I would like to know. So, you know, if I do hear back from them, then, you know, I don't need to know about this anymore. Like, I've got it. And if I do hear back from them, you know, um, if I don't hear back from them, you know, remind me that I was supposed to. And then I can follow up. Um, So trying to just be a little bit smarter about that kind of thing. And the idea is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, GTD stuff at all. um, But, you know, this isn't, like, our app's not, like, GTD mail or anything. Like, they don't need to know any of this stuff to use it. But it's kind of, like, how it makes sense to me mm-hmm. is that um, in GTD and, like, a lot of those productivity nerd apps, um, you have an idea of basically, like, you have your, like, to-do list, which is, like, um, you know, here's, like, the list of things you need to do, right? And um, what I think some of the apps that do kind of a similar thing to what I'm talking about, what they're really doing is kind of turning – they keep popping stuff up in your – They'll, you know, they'll do something kind of like this, but what they're really doing is they just keep popping stuff up in your inbox and kind of turning your inbox into a to-do list. Yeah. And that doesn't really work for me. I don't want my inbox to be a to-do list. Um, and what we're and, – and the concept from that that we're more latching onto is giving you a waiting – what you call like a waiting for list. Like this is stuff I'm waiting for. Okay. And I think that's more useful. So I think that's kind of the first thing that we're sort of pushing. Um, and then we want to do other stuff, I think, too. But I think that's like the first big one. That that sounds fan- that sounds great. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. I've kind of uh, I've bought into the to the mailbox thing a little bit lately. 
But because it has such a specialized, like a specific workflow that you just kind of have to buy into, like I kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have to, I have to have, you know, my mail open on my desktop and then like, uh, then like an iPad or something next to me. And I actually deal with my mail hmm. on, on, on the iPad because they don't have a, you know, they don't, they don't have a, an app on, on, on the Mac yet. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a strange thing when you kind of like have to jump into, into a really specialized workflow that a, that a mail app might give you. Um, and you know, it's, I, I so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing braid. Um, yeah. And this is going to be an iOS seven only app, right? Yeah, that's the idea. It's, um, I mean, that is what it is. It's, uh, it's an I. That was actually probably the first decision that uh, I was like directly involved in. As I, you know, it was like the first day of WWDC or something mm-hmm. when like I started with the company. Okay. Um, and I like walked in and I was like, I think the app should be iOS seven only because this, this, and this. And everybody's just like, well, blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, I think it really should be iOS seven only. And they're like, okay, let's do that. So then that's what we're doing. Um, and I mean, I think that that's. It's, um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, most people are going to be on iOS 7, like, immediately, and that's about when we were probably going to have this thing ready anyway. So yeah. it, um, it, it, it made a lot of sense. And also just that it's so much different. Like, both, it is like, very technically different. and, like, the fact that basically, like, I mean, from a technical level, there's stuff like the way that it, some of the way, things you can do with, like, networking and things um, inside of iOS 7 is that there's things where if I was... So on a technical level, there's stuff where it's like I would have had to have like written like our networking layer kind of twice in yeah. order to support both, and that would have been a headache. And then you know that it's never going to – you know that we're all going to be using iOS 7, so we're never going to test it as well on iOS 6, and that stinks. Um, and, um, you know, and then for the user interface stuff too, it's kind of like you sort of end up kind of needing to design two apps, and that's – you know, all for something that like 80% of people are going to be on iOS 7 in the first week anyway. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it, I think that makes sense for a, for a lot of people. I mean, if you're not, if you're not a big, if, I don't know, if you're not Twitter and you don't have, like, you, you're, you're not just trying to reach as many people as possible. I think, I think going iOS 7 only is a, is a big, is a, is a big thing. And there are a lot of different things. I, I noticed when I launched uh, MindVault, my, my app on the, in the early mm-hmm. betas, like <laughs> I, I, I hadn't had a big issue switching from five to six, but switching from six to seven, it just like the layout was totally messed up. And I was, I was so surprised that it was so different and, um, mm-hmm. but it it really is different. And I think, mo- uh, um, for the better, it's just iOS seven only, I think is going to be a big thing. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, and f- for us, I mean, that's really, you know, that's really kind of an advantage for us because, you know, if we have competitors that have been out for a year and they have, you know, they don't have a choice to not support both because they already have, you know, a million yeah. users or something, you know, so like, even though, you know, like I said, like 80 or 90% of people be on, you know, will be on iOS 7 really quickly, I think. But, you know, if it's 80% and you have, uh, you know, Two million users. I mean, that's still a lot of people in that other ten or twenty percent. Yeah, totally. So you really can't just do that. Can't you just end up, drop you know, them. So you, yeah. So for that, I think it's, I think it's kind of an advantage for us that like people who've been around before like won't have. Yeah, yeah. So how do you like working with partners? Is it is it kind of different than what the the way you've worked with people before? 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very collaborative what we do. So, um, you know, we, we all work together on, uh, you know, we, we all work on different parts, but we all kind of work together. So I'm the only one who's actually like physically writing the iOS app, but then, and then there's, um, another guy who's doing most of the like, um, uh, graphics and like a lot of the design stuff, but then like him and I like work together a lot about talking about like, I'll be like, um, you know, about, um, it's kind of fun for me actually to work with somebody who's very like, uh, you know, somebody else who's a designer who basically is, um, very like really wants to like go back and forth with me. Like he, you know, you know, I came into this basically with the assumption that like, you know, there were, you know, that I, they partially wanted me to be there for that reason, right. To be able to, you know, tell them what, what's working or what's not working, you know, because I'm like the iOS guy. Um, so working with somebody else doing that's kind of fun because, you know, we give each, you know, we're, I'm able to get ideas and give ideas from him, which is really cool. And also that because, you know, if I have an idea or whatever, I can either just do it or we'll talk about it and then he'll do it. It's kind of like I'm outsourcing all the parts of designing a thing that I don't like, which is like <laughs> effing around with Photoshop. Yeah. Um, so that's actually, it's kind of the first time I've like worked with another designer where I didn't hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm getting a lot of, I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting an equal amount out of this relationship as I'm putting into it. And that's, you know, um, it's not contentious or anything at all. Like we're very back and forth with it. And that's, that's really, um, you know, and maybe, maybe because, you know, he, it's, it's actually funny because all there's four of us and we all have a technical background. Um, they're all like Python developers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do like Django and stuff. Um, so so I think that because like, you know, I think that we're all, we're all sort of able to talk design and also talk development. So like, there's no, you, know, you never have that feeling where you're like, you know, I feel like designers and developers both have this feeling with different people where it's like, um, especially like project managers sometimes where you kind of feel like it's, you're like, okay, I have to explain this as though I were speaking to a small child. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like everybody can understand how programming works. Everybody understands how design stuff works. Everybody can speak intelligently on both. So that's actually really fun for me. That's really cool. Um, sounds great. Yeah. And the other guys are both, you know, we have another guy who's just doing back end, and then another guy who's just sort of doing business, but he also uh, can help on the back end. Um, and that's, you know, so it's super fun. It's really, it's really cool to have it where everybody kind of can talk the same language and just work together on everything. It sounds fantastic. Um, so would you say that you're kind of, that you're doing kind of the, your dream work now, or, or, or do you have any big goals that you're still shooting for? Um, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I think my main goal is just to make things that I like and continue, be able to continue making things that I like. And, um, and, uh, it's kind of like the Walt Disney thing where he said, you know, we don't, um, I think it's Walt Disney where he said like, you know, we, we don't, we don't make movies to make money. We make money to make movies. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like I really just want to like, I'm hoping that whatever I do can be successful enough that I can keep working with really smart people like this. And really, um, you know, cause the guys I'm working with now are just so smart and so on top of it. And I'm really enjoying that. And, um, I'm really just hoping that I can, um, you know, just be successful enough to keep doing that really. Um, because that's just, uh, that, that, that's just, that's just fun for me. Um, so I don't know if I'd say that's like, you know, I'm sure I have bigger dreams in my life than exactly everything I'm doing at any one moment. And I think I, I think I'm probably one of the people who will never quite be satisfied with anything that they do, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, that's probably okay. Uh, 
But, um, you know, but as far as this is, this is the coolest thing I've done so far. This is the most fun I've had working with other people so far. So I, uh, if it just continued like this for a little while and we release our app and people like it, I think that'd be a pretty great place to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, thank you for answering questions. We have one more question. Uh, I have one more question for you. Um, and that's just to kind of share with, uh, share with me one of your favorite things could be an app book, TV show, what kind of food, kind of whatever you're into these days. Mm -hmm. Um, let me think. Um, you know, I just, uh, I just read, um, I just read Stephen King's writing book. Um, it's called on writing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was, I, you know, I guess I hadn't like, you know, I think I'd probably read a little bit of Stephen King, but like, I didn't like read a ton of it. Um, but like his, that his actual book on writing is, um, is really crazy good. It's really just like, even if you're not like, you know, and, um, it's sort of a memoir, but then also he talks about sort of the craft of writing. And that for me is, um, I don't know. I think I think you could probably enjoy it even if you actually aren't super in, like even if like you don't want to like write a novel or something. I think you'd probably still read it and be interested because he's just so funny and like so mm. so funny and such a great personality. It really comes through in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I really enjoyed that lately. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess that's I guess that's an all right pick. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. I think my my uh, my favorite thing for the week is. Uh... Um, there's this app that just came out recently from a uh, real Mac called Ember. I, have you heard of this? Yeah. I used it when it was little snapper. I haven't gotten the new one yet. Yeah. So I was a little snapper user for, for a long time as well. And, and I kind of got out of, I, I kind of stopped using it a year mm -hmm. ago probably because it was just this sluggish and you know, it was, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't, and there was obviously wasn't a lot of updates going on, but I think it's because they were working on this behind the scenes and Ember is fantastic. It's like super fast, really fluid. It allows you to, Ember is an app where you capture basic, you throw images and kind of stuff in there that you can keep it in, in Ember as kind of like a, a place to store things that inspire you, like visual things that inspire you, or maybe mm -hmm. I've used it to get screenshots of, of work, um, that I, that I later then annotate and send off for feedback and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's fantastic. And they've included something in there called the, where you can basically subscribe to RSS feeds and it just pulls out all the images, which, oh, that's cool. which is really cool because I used to have a bunch of, a bunch of things I subscribed to in my RSS reader, which, you know, they, they don't really fit didn't really fit that well because it was just a bunch of images that I wanted to keep and, you know, it, intermixed with other articles I wanted to read. And so it's kind of fun to be able to separate them out and use this Ember app. I, I really, I'm really liking it and it's really fast. So that's yeah, my recommendation. Need, yeah. I may need to give that another look. I use Evernote for that kind of stuff usually. Uh -huh. um, but I don't know. I, I was thinking about buying that one because I like apps. Yeah. It's a little pricey, but you know, it's uh I don't know. As a person who sells an app, I, I don't mind the pricey. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, I'll probably have to go get it. That sounds great. Well, thank you, um, Colin. Um, where, where can people uh, read and follow you, read more, read what you have to say? Or, or, or Yeah, where can they follow you? Okay, so, um, so I'm on Twitter at Colin Donnell. So it's um, two L's in Colin and then D-O-N-N-E-L-L. -L. Uh, I also have a blog. 
colindonald.com. Um, pretty much anything, which is my whole name, is, you know, and if there's like a social thing or like a something to it, that's, you know, I probably am that. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then also if you want to find out about Braid, you can go to uh, braidapp.com. And what we, um, what we actually have just done is we have a, uh, we, um, we just made a passbook pass for our app. So what we're going to do is um, if people go there and um, you can log in with your Google account and what, what we're going to do is basically like send people like, um, you know, we're not doing that so we can like, you know, read your email or anything. We're doing it so that we can like uh, send you like, when we did the passbook pass, we wanted to like actually make it useful. Also like give people a reason to want it on their phone. So um, the idea is like, we're going to like maybe be able to send you like fun, you know, like fun facts about your email, like, like meta stats, kind of like, here's how many people you replied to this week. Like, I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so if you go to braidapp.com, you can get our passbook pass and, uh, and, uh, and then you'll also find out when the app comes out. Awesome. Well, thanks Colin. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Hopefully I will talk to you soon. Thanks again to Colin for doing this. Be sure to follow him and check out his site. And if you are a Pinboard user, be sure to pick up Pinbook. You can read more about the Waystation or subscribe at waystation.co. You can also follow at underscore the Waystation on Twitter or at Waystation on app.net or like the Waystation Facebook page. If you like the show, be sure to leave a review on iTunes, which helps other people find out about it. To get in touch, go to waystation.co slash about. You can also check out my website, noahreed.net, that's N-O-A-H-R-E-A-D.net, or follow me on Twitter or app.net at noahreed, N-O-A-H-R-E-A-D. Thanks again for listening. Tune in again next week for a new episode of The Waystation. Station.